0: Hello, my name's Adam Shepherd, and this is Sounding Board, presented by PodPod, where we cut through the noise to bring you actionable insights from podcast industry experts. When 66% of consumers say they prefer podcasts to TV, and 76% say they've taken action after listening to a podcast ad, investment into the podcast space can look like a no-brainer for brands in 2023. But deciding your company's strategy, whether that's starting a podcast yourselves or advertising your brand on someone else's, is no easy task. For this roundtable discussion, we explored the pros and cons of various podcast advertising strategies, including host-read campaigns, spot ads, and branded podcasts, looking at what brands and agencies need to know to be successful in audio, how to measure effectiveness, and the easiest way to get started.
1: I'm Gareth, founder of Eighteen Sixty, and we make branded podcasts.
2: My name's Anna Berry, and I'm the managing director at Essence Media X.
1: My name's
3: Ed Couchman, and I lead the advertising business for Spotify here in the UK. I'm Shaft here from EasyJet, and I'm part of a media investment team.
4: Um, I'm Vicky. I look after all the Lloyd's Bank brand communications.
3: Let's kick off with how people
0: feel about podcast ads as listeners themselves. Have you ever bought anything
3: prompted by a podcast ad? I mean, as a consumer, to be honest with you, it's slightly annoying. <laughs> <'Cause laughs> Normally, when you're like traveling or listening to a podcast, you're like on a treadmill in the gym or something like that. Because to be honest with you, most of the time the ads come in pretty much zoned out
2: <laughs> I do because I one of the many podcasts I listen to is Scubby Mummies mm. so as a mother of three it's about being a parent and so if you've got if anybody's got any advice about anything that helps you be a parent <laughs> you are going to buy it so I think actually when I listen to more of so work related podcasts probably not but if it's something that's very specific to me like that then yes I bought a few things for the kids to help them go to sleep or help them eat something or any of those things.
4: (laughs) I think that's the key though because the the majority that we do are live reads and we pick specific podcasts where the presenters can actually talk about their own experiences and make it really authentic so we do a lot of stuff with Scummy Mummy and Happy Mum Happy Baby when we're talking about children's savings accounts and getting them to give their own spin on it and how important it is to educate children about money. Mm. is what kind of cuts through rather than just you might as well just do a spot ad on radio rather than (laughs) I think that's exactly
2: right when the spot ad comes on and um, you do you are reaching an audience but it's doing a very different job isn't it I think when it's the libraries and it's that trusted environment that you're choosing to come back to on a weekly basis that's, there's a real difference between the live reads and the kind of spot ads yeah. that you buy. It makes a big difference. We're a media agency rather than the brands. But for the brands that we talk to, we very much. You can reach a niche audience with spot advertising. But if you really want to drive that depth of message, live reads, anything that's more integrated. If you're, we're sponsoring a podcast again, making sure it's integrated. I think we've talked about that sort of trusted environment. I think that's the thing that really lands the message and means that you can deliver like a more in-depth message mm-hmm. rather than communicating. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's more of a conversation rather than a, a sort of message out. There's a role for both, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, but spot is much more akin to radio advertising, and the medium I think for podcasts is it's much more libraries and/or sponsorship and branding yeah. content.
4: What I found, we, well, quite so, we we invest quite heavily in libraries on podcasts, and what it's been quite tricky, but they're slowly getting on the presenters literally read them like radio scripts Mm. and so many times i kind of reject them and go no this has to be authentic you have to bring your personality into it otherwise you might as well just do spot advertising
1: Mm. for spot ads it's not treating it like a radio audience so knowing that the podcast audience is different to radio they're listening on their headphones generally is like a solitary thing and creating an ad that can really engage them on that spot level. There's one of the best ones I heard was it's from the US in a podcast called 20,000 Hertz. It's all about sort of sound and the use of sound and things like that. And, um, it was a ad for Lexus and it felt like a mini podcast within that podcast. It was voiced by the host, although it wasn't a host read. It was a, I suppose it was in the middle of a host read and a spot ad, but, um, it had nice sound, sound design that you would expect for that podcast. And it really tapped into that what that audience like about that podcast. So I think it's treating the medium differently to mm. sort of other channels like radio. I think we are all looking at at the
3: moment attention piece, like you're trying to gain as much attention as possible. So the library is like, it's very specific. You're looking, for example, um, I think TUI has done recently, we have done as well with Hearts and they did with, um, I think, Capital. So they're like, the host is reading or just kind of naturally saying, well, if you're going to Ibiza or Mabea, there are certain routes and TUI can take you there or EastJet have got new roots, If you want to try into summer, just try basically EastJet from Gatwick, yada, yada. Mm. But then comparatively to the spot ad, which just comes in between the stream, and you just kind of have that ad blindness. You know, you're know, just not really paying attention to that. It becomes very repetitive and fatigue kick, kicks in. So I think those kind of live reads for us has worked from heart perspective. Mm. So that's why we are like now looking into that, You know, the attention piece, basically, which is quite important we had some new routes opened up, especially wow, after we were wow, coming out. Way. And we did a big partnership with Heart and they were like basically, Egypt have got certain elements, holidays, destinations, yada, yada, and you can basically go there with Egypt. Flight starts from 35.99, for example, just an example. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Not the flights are always that cheap, but <laughs> you can still find
5: them. Adam, can I just build on that a little? Adam. We actually worked together this time last yes. year for a mm. listening book campaign. Pretty similar to that, but I think we added a great, hopefully a great a degree of sophistication on top of that by looking at sort of historical listenership, basically what are what have the listeners been listening to uh, music or pods previously and then try and deliver them a sort of destination based on their likes, tastes and preferences. So if they've been listening to dance hits and there's a, a lazy example, but is that the Ibiza route? Yeah, 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 yeah. And thinking then Sorry, lazy example. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you know, thinking about actually the mood mindset at a moment is important. If we can deliver a more tailored or more personalised ad creative and then move them to the sort of right destination is that is that a a sort of richer experience for the listener
4: i totally believe in that relevance and authenticity piece so when we were doing the children's savings account for example we got a recommendation through for all these podcasts that the the presenters had no children
2: so,
4: it was like, how, how, why, why would we do this? Like, why why would we do that when they're not going to add any authenticity, and they're just going to literally read it like a script, and the, the yeah. listeners are going to have no relevance to it at all? I just wanted to pick
2: up on ad load. Mm. Like, I think we need to keep it really low from a podcast perspective. For me, too, is maximum, mm. and I really notice it when it's back to back and it interrupts my listening, even if it's relevant and even if it's connected. Yeah. Like, I think you have to. like if I had three I would be really really put off and I know it's only one more but I think that's a really important thing is you've got to it's got to be different and it's got to keep that difference not just because of what we've been talking about the authenticity and the trust but also that cut through I think there's a real risk if that gets too high from a listener perspective Mm. and from an advertiser perspective you're gonna people are just gonna switch off
0: absolutely I mean familiarity breeds contempt right but moving on to the other side of audio investment The world of branded podcasts has anyone here experimented with
3: branded podcasts at all i did have a short chat with our head of marketing from holidays so we have got two different parts of businesses flights and holidays Holidays more like packaged and they're more progressive more forward-thinking more quick to activate or flights you've got a lot more red tape involved various different reasons Um, but when i spoke to them they're like well is there any way because we don't know much about it never explored it before, um, is there any way we can like sort of, you know, measure it? Or what's the measurement? What's the scale looks like, depending mm. on what we are about to do? I think when we're going into um, new FY24 starting in October, there's something we're kind of looking at at the moment. Um, we haven't gone far, mm. but it's a, sort of an idea at the moment. And we're just kind of exploring what, you know, what we gain out of it and what it's going to look like. As you said, you know, it's important they have has to be right. You mm. just can't just really, really run it out and it's like, okay, it didn't work, but it's everything we do, it's just got a lot of eyes on it, the new CMO coming in, the new uh, media investment team coming. in. So we're looking at different from traditional to more like, you know, where we can increase our raw awareness or so just have loads of KPIs. Right? So there's mm. something
1: we're exploring at the moment, um, but I haven't done it yet. I think for every brand, it's it's going to be different. So like you were saying, we need to work out what your objective is. And mm then working out what podcast you're going to create for that audience. That's going to hit those objectives. And that'll help you define, you know, it might not be sheer numbers, depending on the brand. It might be that they want to engage a really niche audience, uh, but really engage them so they're listening through like 90% of an, of an episode. So you want to be looking at that. The, the completion rates of each episode and l- using that data to correct, to inform
2: whether that podcast is performing well it comes back to objectives um for the most part when we use podcasts um so bt sponsored news agents mm-hmm. as it launched bt enterprise that is um, and that was about the depth of engagement uh making sure that there was a a resonance with BT and business, specifically audience. So it wasn't, we weren't using the more generic is the wrong word, but measurement terms. We were looking at the objective of why we were doing that that partnership and that sponsorship and then we were measuring those specific attributes i think we, we've sort of talked about it the you can't necessarily use the same you know we're not doing a short-term roi mm. measurement because that's not the objective and therefore it wouldn't deliver on that i think there's much more opportunity now to look at how brand and performance or consideration and depth of message and the impact it can have on sales in the longer term through ad tech and sort of Martech connections I think you can do that more now and I think there's a real opportunity um, but it comes back to the objectives don't necessarily you you know use use the short-term ROI to measure something that isn't there to deliver on that objective mm.
0: and the news agents is a really good example Simon White who is the marketing media manager for BT Enterprise was mentioned to be with us today for this discussion. Sadly, he couldn't make it, but he was part of a panel on podcast advertising that we did at Campaigns Media 360 event. And he was saying that the newsagents partnership resulted in, I think it's 110% increase in intent to recommend and 35% increase in consideration, which is just huge, huge numbers.
2: We... We gave them, I mean, very trusted journalists, so you would trust them, but we we gave the journalists the the, the brief and, and the understanding of what BT Business stood for, what they were trying to get across, and then we sort of gave them license, so we gave them a rough script outline. And we let them tell their own narrative and and i think i mean again i'm going to speak for for simon because he's not here but there was a little bit of nervousness when we were first recommending that as a route because there wasn't that editorial control but you know the proof is in in the pudding and the results are absolutely phenomenal partly because the podcast did so incredibly well and they're such excellent hosts but it was also about that is giving them the license to talk and not trying to constrain them because I think if they had done it wouldn't have resonated and we wouldn't have got the the figures that we that we got from that well, I think just
1: having those setting those expectations of this is a long-term game and if we do this right with great quality content consistent release schedules you know you'll see the rewards and like one of the podcasts we make called the life more wild for um holiday company called canopy and stars I shared a, a screenshot of like the, the listener growth graph the other day and it's you know you can see the first series performed pretty well but the second series again a bit bigger and then the third series again and what we find is that people who discover the the podcast in series two go back and listen to series one and it has this cumulative growth effect. Yes. Um but it's it's through that consistently putting out episodes. It doesn't have to be always on it could be you know a a series run and then a short break and then another series run but really kind of invested in it as a content channel. Um out and hopefully you you know, you, you're going to see results.
2: But I think that takes quite a lot of bravery.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I
2: think again, talking about the current environment that we're in, everybody's looking at the quarter on quarter. Everybody's looking at that short term yeah. sort of return, and our business is pretty short term, even when it's not how it is now do you know what i mean it's yes. 12 month cycle so there there is an element of bravery from from the marketing team's perspective and all the brands team's perspective to hold yes because there's a lot of pressure on on those budgets and so i think there's a an element of bravery or maybe trying to slip it under the radar a little bit (laughs) and letting letting those results come through because it's tricky to 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 fight for it when you've got other medium and other channels that are either more established or have the scale already we don't often have the luxury of saying Give it, give it a year and it'll, it'll <laughs> yeah. you know, there's that, that element of you've got to have somebody who buys into the medium or the objective that it isn't mm. something that is going to shift. And, and things like consideration or overall connection, those metrics are actually hard to shift as mm. well. And I think back to the measurement point, what are the right KPIs to yes. be measuring in order to keep it on? Because it's never going to be a quick win and it's not there to be a quick but win. as long line. as,
1: you know, if you know what those objectives are, at the start and you have those expectations are set and you know that it's not a campaign piece, you know, it's a long-term, more of a brand piece. It's Um, a brand extension effectively. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about getting into podcast advertising for those that have done it. How did you first go about launching your first campaigns or how did your clients first get into it?
4: I think it was just after we came out of covid that we started using podcasts just because podcast listening just shut up through covid um so i can't remember the exact campaign but it's just grown and grown and grown because listeners have grown and grown and grown Mm. um so it's just it's now part of our media strategy so every campaign we brief it's always alongside um radio press tv social all of all of the other channels it's just part of our of our media
2: mix, now I think the shift that has made it easier is because people, brands, you know, but marketeers are listening to podcasts more. that I think there's there's that sort of natural understanding of the opportunity as much as anything else. Again, pre COVID it was it was more Niche, and it was great for reaching a very specific audience. But now, actually, it it does give the scale. Whether you do it across a number of, a number of podcasts, you can do it. But then it comes down to, as we as we have discussed, making sure that the objectives are clear, that you're using it for the right
3: reasons. I think with with brands, especially with us, EasyJet coming into it, there are two sort of narratives. there Right, there's a flight, and there's holidays. And the holidays, you can talk about joy of holiday, like you know, summer is coming. Yada yada. While flights, like nobody's like really ask you, well, how great was the flight? Or, Are you looking forward? It's always like, how shit was the flight? <laughs> <laughs> and was it, were there any delays and things like that? So there is that piece. And then convincing the marketing team because they're always about the big and the bold out of home. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the TV because they're like all, always over-indexing on the TV. Yes. So just getting the budget from them because they were like, well, how scalable is it? So I think if you start to push that holiday narrative and come back with scalability, as you said earlier, building the audience. So I think that would be an in for us. And then of course you can look at, the,
2: you know, different brand list studies, completion rates and whatnot um, as a measurement piece. That would be, I think the approach I would take. When we were speaking to VT Enterprise, it wasn't a quick line on the plan. Hmm. It was quite a, a sort of lengthy conversation, but it's making sure that it's delivering on the objectives that they wanted to hit. I
5: think one of the first things I observed was just a sort of not a full appreciation for how much kind of consumers time has shifted to podcasting. I know we have that sort of anecdotal piece that from mm-hmm. our own sort of personal habits, but as some of the sort of our early sort of proposals and pitches are very much saying, hey, actually look, consumers' time and attention has shifted to podcasting. Ofcom I think I've got some really good data points around that, but mm-hmm. roughly one in four Brits are listening to podcasts on a regular basis. Not only the scales there, but also that sort of intimacy, the attention thing, which I think we've already talked about. And I think we're trying to reset that in some marketeers' minds, I think it's really important, actually. So we have people's time and attention. And if I reflect back at other times, it feels like brands are sort of catching up with that. And I remember in my earlier part of the career when video on demand was just launched, consumers shifted there first and advertising investment catches up very similar with sort of social and mobile. And I think we're in that very similar situation with podcasting that we do have some very forward thinking brands around the table that saw the opportunity and got in first and I think that is still the case that it's still opportunity for brands to really get testing with podcasts, understand podcasts. So I do think for the right campaigns they're an important part of the media mix essentially.
1: Can I ask, could you test something with a podcast audience, say with a live host read and it might work really well and then think oh okay this is great then take it to radio as a host read and would it still work there?
4: I mean, we can't, we can't isolate the effectiveness of podcasts on their own. It, it's always a campaign mix. It's always a campaign effect. So we we kind of know pretty much what TV does and radio, mm. but everything else is all about the campaign effect. So, I mean, you could do, but I don't know how you'd measure. Mm. We couldn't measure that. I don't know if other brands could.
0: So on the subject of that wider media mix, how do you go about building podcasting into a wider Campaign.
4: Each each of the media channels fall off the same brief. So campaign that went live last week around uh, first time investors that you could start investing from fifty pounds a month. So you have your kind of key proof points that are always integral to the brief, whichever channel you use. And then you build obviously each channel gets in different directions from a creativity point of view, but you've still got that kind of heart of what the objective is.
1: Mm. I think in terms of branded podcasts, again, it's, it's less about a campaign and more about what is it about your brand that you want to communicate and it taps in beautifully to brand values and what you really yes. believe in as a brand, your purpose. Um, and going back to the podcast I mentioned earlier on, A Life More Wild, that, you know, they're all about nature and helping people connect with nature and the podcast. When we set out to make that we wanted to make a podcast that helped people connect with nature so we recorded it outside with the sound of birds and streams and all that sort of stuff or on a beach or on a hill or wherever we are um and the podcast does exactly the same thing as what they do as a brand and i think it's just uh, you know and they've got a really nice instagram channel um that people go and look at beautiful pictures of nature and the outdoors uh, when you're listening to the podcast, it transports you into nature in that the same way the, as their Instagram feed does, the podcast does in an audio sense. So it's just about using sound and using audio and using the language in the same way as they would with all their other content. So one element that we haven't really touched on that I'm personally a big fan
0: of is branded episodes. So content that sits inside a normal non-branded podcast feed but is specifically sponsored and bespoke and created in partnership with a client. And that I think is a really good way to bring in that that talent and those wider campaign elements into a sort of host-read
1: adjacent Format. (laughs) We actually actually made one of these for Oatly, for the um, Reasons to be Cheerful podcast with uh, Jeff Lloyd and Ed Miliband. Ed didn't do that episode, it was um, Jeff and Matt Ford. But the brief was, um, they had this uh, campaign um, called Help Dad, it was to help dads get on board with plant-based diets, and Jeff's a dad could connect very well with it. He's also a vegetarian. Matt, I don't think he's vegetarian, so they create this nice kind of like balance between them. And then we got lots of different interesting guests. We found a preschool somewhere in the country that converted their menu for the kids to... To plant-based diet, we got the head of Veganuary on, a really interesting guest, and the format was exactly the same as one of their
4: normal episodes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. The listenership was as good as any of the other episodes because it sounded yes. exactly like yeah, yeah. their normal episode, yeah. um, and you know it didn't compromise the, the quality of the content. So, yeah, it, I thought it was a really great use of of that sort of idea.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. it's a, it's a safer way, but you still need to get it right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You still yeah. need to make sure that you're you're not necessarily forcing the message. It's got to be in, interwoven. Mm-hmm. But I think the sort of that halfway before doing a, a, a branded podcast necessarily, I think there's an opportunity. You mentioned like attention earlier on and for a brand, okay, they're paying a premium for
1: that sort of content. But that audience is spending up to 45 minutes or an hour yes. have with, with that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just a really exciting area. I come from a radio background and what radio has done well for for years is the S&P thing like brands with really kind of engaging sponsorships with radio shows where they'll you know they'll take a breakfast show and put them in Australia for a week and I'd like to see more of that in podcasting so more of this next step of not, not quite a branded podcast but much more involved sponsorships than, than the kind of ads or just a show sponsorship yeah and um, again going back to the the
0: point around getting advertisers into podcasting that can be a nice sort of stepping stone from host reads through to a fully branded podcast uh, because it does let you dip a toe into what it would be like to, to have a fully branded podcast and the kind of traction that that can Generate.
5: I was going to use an illustration of kind of a step between those two things, which
0: is a, a and sorry if there's nuance, a
5: branded segment. Yes. So within the episodes, uh, a longer, much longer sort of host read and the illustration we had was from Pampers, uh, the P&G brand. Uh, with a podcast that you might be familiar with, those at Parents Parenting How with Josh Willicom and uh, the Punami. Yes. So which I won't go into large detail so early in the morning, <laughs> but I guess we get the vibe. And essentially Josh had a much sort of longer sort of freewheeling post uh, read. It was essentially sort of three and a half to four minutes, but really his own personal experiences of the Punami.
1: <laughs> um, um, and I think so it's that sort of step in between that full episode. Mm. Well from a creative point of view, there's so many more things that you can do with that then. So you could take that, you could take the presenter out somewhere else, you could record with them on location somewhere, mm-hmm. it could be a pre-recorded segment recorded, you know, elsewhere, whatever it is. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's so much that you can do creatively, I think.
0: I'm changing a Poonami nappy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. The power
1: yeah. of to audio to can that, bring yeah. that to life.
0: I'm, I'm picturing some kind of awful time trial type thing. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so... I'd like to talk about some of the nitty gritty elements. So in particular, the sales funnel and where the various elements of podcast advertising that we've talked about can fit in to the sales funnel and that sort of consumer journey.
2: The funnel has changed. And if you look at people's purchasing behavior 10 years ago to to now, I used to work on an insurance brand and it used to be two weeks. Um, from understanding that you needed to, to get some car insurance until you actually purchased. I think it's now four days. Oh, wow. So so there's a big shift on, on people's purchasing funnel or purchasing journey. And I think also the data means that we can track it in a different way. So we talked about measurement. We talked about first-party data. And, and, and what Spotify are doing is you can understand it. And depending on your objective, depending on your product – you might have a very different journey. So I I don't think you can always think about it now as that particular funnel. I think you've got to think about the consumer mindset and the consumer journey for your product and then understand where it fits on that journey and then measure it appropriately.
4: I totally agree because none of our brand advertising has any sales targets at all. Mm. It's all around driving brand awareness because if you are top of mind, second, if you love the brand, when you come to wanting a mortgage or a savings account, you're going to think Lloyd's first.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's there to do performance. I mean, it's the thing that we've all been saying. Mm. So, don't put square peg in a round hole. I think there's an opportunity to demonstrate impact if you've got somebody or, or a marketing team who wants some sort of measure. Again, yeah. we're talking about purchasing something. I keep going back to scummy marketing, like but it? yeah, mm. but but because it was a product and they said type in scummy 20, I can remember that. I can not remember a lot of things. I can remember that because that's the podcast I'm listening to. And, again, Mm. it wasn't there to do that job, but there would therefore be a measure. Mm. But I, I think if you're trying to force fit something, that's not the role. That's not the role that it's playing. There's an opportunity to have a call to action. There's an opportunity to measure that call to action. But I think trying to push it down that feels...
1: Wrong to me yes I think there's been a subtle influence of my purchasing behavior from mm. yeah I've ordered from beer 52 I only know about them through podcasting mm. but I didn't I didn't necessarily mm. order it off the back of a podcast ad um I've been I've searched on the better help website I only know of that brand through the mm. through, through podcast mm. so there's so many brands that I only know of through podcasting mm. but you know that journey from from when I heard that mm. ad to when I actually engage with them online could be quite long.
0: As always, that was a small snippet of a long and wide-ranging discussion. If you'd like to be part of our next roundtable event, please do get in touch with us. Thanks to the sponsors of our roundtable, to all our panellists for joining us, and thank you for listening. I've been Adam Shepherd, and this has been another episode of Sounding Board. We'll see you next time.
1: Uh,
3: uh, pod, pod. Uh.